A great way to support Daily Thunder is by visiting one of our partners, ShopGood. ShopGood has you covered on all Thunder-related clothing items, including original and hand-printed shirts, hats, and stickers for both adults and kids. Be sure to check out our Thunder Shield tee, which pays homage to Oklahoma's Native American culture and state flag. To view Daily Thunder's entire catalog at ShopGood, visit shopgoodokc.com daily thunder. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for supporting Daily Thunder. Welcome back to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I'm joined today by my compatriots, Spencer Davis, managing editor of Daily Thunder. How are you? Doing great. How are y'all doing? Doing well. I am also joined by Brandon Rabard, Daily Thunder beat writer. Brandon, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm ready to talk options and drafts and all those things. I'm excited about this show. We are getting into all of it. Um, all right. Obviously, it was a rough night for Oklahoma City on Tuesday night for uh, the draft lottery. They finished uh, at 6, 16, and 18. Um, did not get into the uh, into the top five where they wanted to be, but we've had a couple days to sit with it, a couple days to uh, listen, uh, a couple days to read, a couple days to research. So want to get you guys' thoughts. Are you feeling more encouraged uh, post lottery night, or are you feeling about the same? Maybe a little more discouraged. Uh, talk to me, Spencer. Well, I'm feeling good and bad just because you know if you've listened to NBA podcasts since the lottery on Tuesday night nationally, it's been nothing but a Scotty Barnes love fest, right? With you know so many different draft nicks experts talking about how much they love Scotty Barnes. Um, I listened to uh, Chad Ford and John Hollinger do their podcast. Um, I think it was today or uh, either on Friday or Thursday. And they have the Cavs taking Scotty Barnes at number three overall. So while it's, I think it's e going to be easy for Thunder fans to theoretically talk themselves into Scotty Barnes at number six, it's starting to look like he's not even going to be there, uh, which, which makes me question, you know, does that mean it's Jonathan Kaminga at six or will the Thunder look at, at Keon Johnson and I, or somebody like that? And I think those outcomes are a little bit more, um, a little bit scarier. Uh, I was doing perfectly fine until Spencer brought up Keon Johnson. Now I'm feeling really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, that's my worst case scenario. Well, let I, me, I, let me ask, let me ask you, Brandon, does, does the possibility of Scotty Barnes going early excite you or or no so it's both here's the deal it's only a good thing that scotty barnes is getting all this hype it's so funny it's pretty much exactly once a smiling villain flipped over the card and we saw that the okc thunder were number six and everybody was down and out felt like a gut punch almost immediately all the scotty barnes stuff and barnes has been entrenched firmly as the number six guy for a long time now. Like we've known this is a five player draft, but Scotty was the number six guy, but none of us wanted to pay attention to him because none of us wanted to believe that OKC would get the sixth pit. Well, all of a sudden, now that OKC is at six for sure, Scotty Barnes is getting all this hype. And on one hand, I'm like, oh, 
I kind of want the guy now. Like, I kind of like him maybe more than Kaminga uh, after seeing all this buzz from the combine. Uh, but on the other side of that, if if Barnes goes at, I can't believe he would go at three, but if he did for some reason, I, I invite that chaos because obviously if Barnes goes before six, well, then all of a sudden Kaminga's going to fall. And we wanted Kaminga for a long time, even though we know his downside, just because he's one of those five. There are five right. sexy names, and Thunder fans have wanted one of those five sexy names this whole time. So it's great if if one of those fall. But if he goes as high as three, who knows? Maybe Suggs will fall. I don't think Suggs falling to six is, is a possibility. But maybe, maybe. I mean, some yeah. of these experts like Hollinger and Chad Ford uh, seem to think it's a possibility. Or, hey, maybe it's just that much easier for the Thunder to move up to four or five if one of those teams, the Raptors, the, the Magic, or the Cavs, really like Barnes and Kaminga that much, then maybe it's easier for the Thunder to trade up. So it's, it's all good is what I'm saying. That, that's where I was going to go next was if Cleveland likes Barnes so much, maybe it makes it easier on Oklahoma City to, to trade up. Um, Toronto feels like they're obviously we know nothing. Let's caveat with that. We don't know anything from these teams, but I will say Toronto should be just excited to take whoever isn't taken. Yeah. Um, right. Pretty much every player available would fit so nicely. Like you can see a clear fit uh, no matter who falls to them at four Cleveland and Houston, like Spencer, I think you mentioned, you've mentioned it throughout the week that you don't think Houston is for sure going to take Mobley. No, I, in fact, if I was running the Houston Rockets right now, I would take Jalen Suggs just because that is like the fiery attitude that you want. That's your leader. That is the guy that's going to bring you through these next few years. That's the guy that I would want to run my franchise from scratch. Now that's not what the Thunder need, right? Like the Thunder already have that guy. But if I'm Houston, I would take Suggs over a guy like Mobley or, or Jalen Green who are maybe better players marginally, but don't have that same sort of leadership style. But I could see, honestly, I could see Houston doing, taking any of those three guys. Um, explain, explain why, explain why them passing on Mobley is a negative for Oklahoma city. It's a negative for Oklahoma city because that means Cleveland is like Evan Mobley is exactly what the Cavaliers need. And so, like, if the Thunder – or, sorry, if the Houston Rockets take either Suggs or Green, the Cavs are way less likely to trade back if they can just sit there at three and take Evan Mobley. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, but I, I do think that, like – and I, I think I floated this in our group chat the other day. I think the Thunder could end up trading up to number two. Like, there are scenarios – first off, the Thunder have a lot of Houston stuff. You know, they've got they have two picks and they have a swap swap left and they have the number six pick. Let's say Houston really likes Jonathan Kaminga or Scotty Barnes. The Thunder could say, hey, we'll give you the number six pick, the number 18 pick and all of the other stuff back from the Chris Paul trade. Like I, I that seems appealing to me if I'm if I'm the Rockets. What do you think about that, Brandon? I just have a hard time feeling. Believing that. Anybody who has a chance for Cade or, okay. So I feel like Cade is off the table. Like, like, right, I mean, yeah. I'd like to believe it, but 
to me, you know, I know a lot of people are, are coming up with with trades for Cade, and to me, let's just like get rid of that. It's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Houston's tough just because there's just seems to be this friction between, and maybe I I'm seeing something that's not there, but between like OKC and Houston, I just don't feel like they'd want to get back. Like after the whole fight for who's going to have this draft pick in the first place, and and it's kind of like this this rival between the two rebuilding teams now. I just can't see them giving up the chance for Mobley or Green and giving one of those guys to us, and especially since we have their future picks. Now, like you said, if we gave the future picks back, that changes things. Right. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe I read too much on social media and, and see what the Rockets fans are all saying, and it's like coloring my opinion, but they hate us. So, <laughs> so that's like it definitely would be hilarious. It would be hilarious like we've been like, so excited about the idea of of getting their pick and then they get it in the top they keep their pick and then trade it to us like right it almost makes it feel even but less you would like do that right from like the thunder perspective you would do that deal right From lay it out it. lay out the lay out the terms again six and then either 16 or 18 plus all the stuff from the chris paul trade so i think there's two picks that are like top four protected and then a top 10 protected swap and who that are like if let's say I'm not against, I would like I I would be. It would take me all of five seconds to get excited about that. Yeah. But who do you think they go up to get? I mean, I I think they I think the Thunder would probably take Mobley. If it was me, I would take Jalen Green. But I think either one is worth it. I love that. I love I love the <laughs> fact that like I love that about this draft that we can like we can talk about giving all of that up. Yeah. Get up to two. And there yeah. not still not be a consensus on who the best player to take is, and that and meaning that there's just so much good talent there in the top four. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. funny because I mean we've always talked about this being a five player draft, but really it feels like it's become a four player draft. But it's also kind yeah. of a six player draft, and we've yeah. talked about this in our group chat as well uh, because I do think that the the four, both Jalen's, Cade, and Mobley have separated themselves. But then Kuminga and Barnes are in their own tier. And then it's such a wild drop-off from Kuminga and Barnes. I mean, that's seven through like 14. You can argue 10 different guys that can go in any order, which is why it's so important that the Thunder got six and not seven. I mean, it felt yeah. like worst case, but the truly worst case scenario would have been getting seven because the value from six to seven drops so big. I mean, and maybe this is just perceived value from what the media is saying and combine results and all those things, but there truly feels like there's six guys in this draft that are blue chip guys. And maybe the, the top four are, are bluer chippers. I mean, like they're yeah. a little bit more blue, uh, but you want one of those six. And I don't know. I, I think that if the Thunder do trade like Spencer uh, floated, having six has a lot of value. I don't think you can make those trades if you have seven. But I think you have six, knowing that you're either going to get Barnes or Kuminga, that maybe changes things for the Rockets or the Cavs or the Raptors. Is yeah. is Houston the only? I would would you do you think it's going to take the same amount of future picks or or first rounders this year for Oklahoma City to get to four as it would be to get no, to no, no. Well, no, I think the Houston deal is unique because, like, Oklahoma City ha literally has their future drafts. Yeah. So, I, like, I think if you're doing a deal with Cleveland or Toronto in terms of just, like, the number of assets, I think it would be maybe a little bit cheaper. Now, 
a deal with either of those teams may also include somebody like Lou Dort, which I know Thunder fans don't really want to hear. Um, but I, th- I think that that's a possibility. But yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be expensive. Like we're sitting here talking about these top four um, and how good they are. Like everybody knows it. And like Brandon said, there's a clear top six. I think that if there is a seventh guy, it's going to be, it's going to end up being the Sengun and he has plenty of flaws. Like I think it's a pretty distant seventh. Although in that, in that Chad Ford uh, mock draft today with Hollinger, I believe Sengun went fourth to Toronto, (laughs) which left the magic with the choice of Suggs or Jalen Green at number five. Um, yeah, which is hilarious. I, I don't yeah, see any way that happens. So, so, his, so that mock draft had Scotty Barnes at three, Sangoon at four. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bring, which is all, bring that all the way which, on. Which is just me. literally Hollinger's big board. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't think that they necessarily did it with any team intel. Um, so I wouldn't get my hopes up. But yeah, if you're if if Orlando at five is sitting here with all right, do we take Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green? They're probably going to take Suggs, which means Jalen Green would fall to the Thunder at six, which is just like total dream world, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I would take, like I said, I would take Jalen Green at number two if I was the Thunder. So. Yeah, I don't see any any possibility. I mean, it really would be amazing tough. if it happened, but if it doesn't go some order of Cade, Mobley, Green, and Suggs, I would be absolutely shocked. But again welcome that chaos because that means that somebody's falling and you know it's easier for the thunder to move up or maybe the thunder i mean if if the thunder had sugs fall into their laps at six that would be incredible but even if even if sugs is there uh at five you know let's say that the raptors want uh scotty barnes at four the raptors like barnes i've read a lot about they do like barnes because they were you know looking at him before the draft lottery uh you know maybe the thunder can do enough to entice the magic to to fall down one spot because they've fallen in love with kuminga because that's who they feel like they're gonna get and if they're they're happy with kuminga maybe only takes a little bit to uh to move up and get sugs and they're so guard I mean, they are loaded. I'm mean, not loaded with like great guards, but they have a lot of young guards and a lot, not a lot of minutes um, in the backcourt, even off the bench. So um, I would love for Orlando to be locked in on one of those big wings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it's going to take is for the Raptors and Magic to really, you know, fall in love with, with Barnes and Kaminga. If, if they really want a, a wing, uh, you know, I, I know that the Raptors would probably take Suggs. If, if it all goes to scratch, you know, then we're going to be picking between Kaminga and Barnes. And again, that's a good problem to have. But I think all of us, the underlying elephant in the room, subtext to all of this is that we all want somebody that can shoot and score. And as great of prospects as Barnes and Kaminga are, that's both of their weakness. And I think we all have, you know, a little bit of Robertson, Tabo Cephalosha, Terrence Ferguson, Josh Hustis, uh, you know, leftover, you know, PTSD. <laughs> and so we don't want that. But uh, so I think that's what we're all trying to avoid. I will say, like, and I think those comparisons are totally fair. And I would even throw in like Hamadou Diallo. Like there have been even even more that we're not even mentioning. But Barnes specifically has a lot more 
offensive skill than most of those guys. Yes, absolutely. Like, I see, like I, you know, he can run your offense. Like he could legitimately be the Thunder's uh, starting power forward and backup point guard. Like that could be his role next year. If the Thunder, you know, not probably not actually because they have Tao Maladon and um, Ty Jerome like to kind of fill that role, but he, he could run the second unit. You could stagger the lineups to where he, that's his role. Uh, and it, he would be decent at it. I think at least for a rookie. It's insane. He basically played point guard for Florida state last year. Yeah. And he's got the standing reach of a center. I mean, like he, he legitimately can play one or five for your team. He's probably more naturally a four, but yeah. the fact that he can do all those things, I, I really, I've, I've kind of fallen head over heels with Scotty Barnes and it, you know, now if I had to choose between him and Kaminga, I would go Barnes if, if I had my choice of who I wanted to fall to the thunder. But again, if your worst case scenario is a guy who's been a consensus top five guy all season long, the thunder are in a much better spot right now. And I feel much better than I did right after the card was revealed that the thunder has six things are, things are a little bit brighter than, than originally thought. When you yep, said, I agree. when you said he could play the one or the five, my ears perked up because I've been so, so <laughs> trained for one and five. Uh, in my yeah. mind. <laughs> Maybe that's what the one and five was all about. It wasn't about getting the first and fifth pick. It was about Scotty Barnes. He can play your one. He can play your five. I I, I, I tweet I, that. Hold on, guys. I got to tweet that. I'll be right back. <laughs> I believe it was Tim McMahon that, that made the joke on uh, on the hoop collective. He said the Thunder were hoping for one and five, but they got one plus five. Number six. <laughs> uh, brutal. Uh, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about for a second though. Let's just take a little time, like just therapeutically a 76% chance to get a top five pick, then like a 25% chance to get two top five picks and then a 45% chance to get one of those stud top fours and none of them come true. I mean, seriously, come on. And the Cavs, come on. And the Raptors who are trying to win most of the season, you got Pascal Siakam, you got FVV. You've got OG and you you jumped us seriously. And then you got the Rockets who started the season with Westbrook and Harden and their culture is so toxic. They all wanted to leave their GM left and they get a number two pick. Come on. Then you got the Pistons who I don't care. Everybody complained about the thunder tanking. And then you look at the Pistons injury report and it looks like war and peace by Tolstoy and nobody's saying a word about it. And they get the number one pick. Give me a break. <laughs> Okay, sorry. That. I feel a little bit better. Send that to the social media department. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, it, get it all out. Um, yeah, I was so I was so frustrated the other night. Um, like, there's no other way to describe it. Like, I was like in a pit of despair for like 24 hours. Couldn't think at work. Like nothing. It was just like just a total yeah. eeyore for for a full day. Yeah, um, dude, I had to go on the franchise uh, here in Oklahoma City. I had to go on the franchise and talk about it right afterwards with Jerry Ramsey and John Hamm. And, you know, when you go on the radio, you're supposed to put bias aside. I'm not supposed to be a fan. I'm supposed to be like a reporter. And so I had to be like, oh, yeah, and this is what, you know. But I was dying inside just between us. So I want to <laughs> go to – do you guys have any other, like, trade-up scenarios before we get into who we like? I want to get into a – uh, a scenario of the Thunder are going to stay put at six and then maybe see what they do with 16 and 18. But before we get there, 
what do you got? Do you guys like any other trade up possibilities? Do you see um, one of those, another one of those top four picks as gettable? And what would it take? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cleveland and Toronto are possibly open for business. Cleveland is basically advertised that they're open for business. And why do you think? Why do you think that is? I, I have no idea, honestly. Because if I was Cleveland, I would sit there and probably take either you know Jalen Green or Evan Mobley, whoever's there, and I would trade Colin Sexton and just build around that pick, uh, Darius Garland and uh, Isaac Okoro and Jared Allen. Like if, if they resign Jared Allen, like I would, I think that sounds great. But Kobe Altman is apparently intent on trading the third pick, uh, which is can only be good for the Thunder or maybe I guess it could be good for the Magic, which we should probably talk about. Like the Magic have five and eight, which is like the Thunder can outbid that as an offer because they can add a future pick. Like six and six and sixteen does not beat five and eight, but six, sixteen, and you know, the Clippers twenty twenty four pick or even the Thunders like twenty twenty three pick. You know, they they could add an additional assets more than what Orlando could or probably would be willing to. Um, but yeah, I think Cleveland to, to answer your question, like what it would take. Um, to move up from six to three, I don't know, six, 16, and yeah, maybe a future pick, maybe Lou Dort, maybe um, Ty Jerome, something in that range. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that the Cavs and, and Raptors are both, are both possible. Uh, since he, since Spencer talked about the Cavs, I'll talk about the Raptors. You know, I think that everybody just assumes they're going to get Suggs, and it makes sense. I get why people think that because I think it's going to happen too. But you know, you don't draft Suggs to be you know a bench guy, and you got uh, Fred VanVleet, and then they really like Gary Trent Jr. You know, they made that trade with yeah. the uh, with the Blazers last year, and he killed it for them. He was their best player. Like he was kind of like messing up their tank there at the end because he was playing so well. I think they're going to re-sign him and he's a shooting guard. Then you got OG, you got to start him. Then you got Siakam. If, if they convince themselves that Scotty Barnes can be their guy and play a small ball five for them. And, you know, they love players like this, uh, you know? So I, I think that to them falling two spots and then getting either Barnes or Kaminga to go with those guys, if you if you add if you gave them sixteen and eighteen, I mean to fall two spots, that seems that very much seems possible to me. Toronto is very interesting, like you're saying, because a big wing to put by Siakam does make so much sense, and at that point, it almost seems like all Oklahoma City would need to do is get up to five. If if Toronto is sold on Kaminga or Barnes, at right, four, then could they just sweeten it enough to get to to get Orlando back to six? Um, and the problem, I, don't, I mean, the problem is that Jalen Suggs is perfect for the Magic, right? Like, I think we did a mock uh, a few weeks ago, Ryan and I did, and the Magic were at number two, and I gave them Suggs at like either two or three overall. Like, he's so perfect for what they need. I, I don't know that they would move back. That's fair. And that's if, and that's if, if Suggs hasn't already been taken, you know what that's I mean? True. Yeah. Um, and, but like green, I think makes a lot of sense there as well. Like they need someone that can fill it up in the backcourt yeah. and he, he makes a lot of sense too. So 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by the trade up options, but I think the I think more likely is that Oklahoma City picks at six, and that's yeah. probably a bummer. I know that's that's not what a lot of people want to hear, but I do think there are a lot of interesting options um, at six, and then we can talk about sixteen and eighteen. But if they were taking, let's say let's say there are no surprises and Kaminga uh, stays at five is Barnes. No doubt who you guys would take at six for me. For me. Absolutely. For sure. There there's one caveat I have to that. I'm intrigued by the idea because the warriors love Barnes. They see him as like Draymond green 2.0 and they really want him. They pick at number seven. I'm curious, and they also have the 14th pick. They had James Wiseman. If they are that in love with Scotty Barnes, I like Moses Moody's upside enough as a scorer and a defensive guy, a 3 and D wing with maybe a little bit more potential there. If they were to sweeten a deal where Thunder give them Barnes at six and the Thunder fall down to seven and get Moses Moody and then maybe 14 or maybe, you know, James Wiseman, maybe you give them back Michich or something too. Uh, that would be pretty intriguing to me. I so would do that one. for Wiseman, but not 14. I agree. What? I, agree. I would do that for Wiseman, but not, not the 14th pick. I'm not interested in the 14th pick. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I, I think I'd rather have Barnes – than seven and 14. I agree with would that. You, would you, yeah. would you rather have so? Cause I do think it comes down to, would you rather have Wiseman or, or Singoon or Wiseman or Kai Jones? Like, cause you're going to be able to get one of those bigs with that 14th pick, I think, or at least use 14 to get into the range of, of Kai Jones. I think Kai Jones is going to be there at 14. See, that's what intrigues me so much about this draft, like getting a like a pick like 14 and already having 16 and 18, because I think that we all think that Thunder are going to use 16 and 18 to move up into like the tennis range to get hopefully a Moody or a Giddy or Sangoon or one of those guys. Uh, but then there's still going to be guys left at like 18 who I want, so I don't necessarily want to lose that third pick because there could be like an Isaiah Jackson or, or, you know, one of those guys that are still really interesting that have a lot of potential. So, you know, getting another pick from the Warriors does interest me a little, I don't see it happening. I was just throwing it out there because we're all talking about trading up every Thunder fan is and every analyst is, or just picking at six, uh, but I, the Warriors like Barnes enough to where I'm, I'm curious to see what they would offer to get Barnes and if it would be worth it. I have a message for, Golden State as the president of the Draymond fan club, Scotty Barnes is not Draymond Green. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, you can't. I don't see how you play those guys together. That's yeah, a very like, good point. How you can't like I don't know. To me, the I want to derail this a little bit to bring up a potential Warriors trade. If you're the Warriors sitting there, let's say they sit there at seven, and they're about to take Franz Wagner, would you rather just have Lou Dort? In that seventh pick, and if you're That's the Thunder, nice. wouldn't you rather you know take the seventh pick? You can use that in trade up scenario, and you you make it a little bit easier to to have better lottery odds next year. You're you're getting incredible value for a guy that you got as an undrafted free agent two years ago. 
to turn him immediately into the number seven pick. I, I think it would make – I don't expect the Warriors to stick there at seven, but, like, I, if I'm both sides, I would rather have, you know, I, I would do that deal rather than just the Warriors take Wagner. I think, I think the coaching staff would be yeah. <laughs> Golden State would be all about that. Um, yeah. Whether the whether the guys that are paid to be a little more forward thinking, I don't know if they um, if they would feel the same. But I love the idea for Oklahoma City getting seven, especially if it's before the like if it's you know a week ahead of the draft where they can even a day on, ahead, yeah, where they can sit on six and seven and float those. You know, because that's because now you're talking about does six and seven beat five and eight? Uh, yeah, I think it's Orlando's not. really aggressive. Um, no. Do you now have? And I feel like they already do have the most uh, to offer given all the future uh, future picks. But man, six and seven, and and just and you're looking at a straight up seven for Dor. Yeah. I mean, there may have to be some sort of a salary sent back, but I mean, Dort makes basically nothing. So I, I think. Yeah, you know, I was about to say, like an assistant <laughs> coach salary. <laughs> um, I mean, gets you Lou Dort. I don't know. I mean, I, I would do that if I was the Thunder, um, just because, like, you know, Lou Dort's going to be the second best player on this team next year. And this team needs to be bad, right? Like, that is probably the biggest byproduct of the Thunder not landing a top four pick. Like the job is not finished. They need to get, you know, there needs to be three, three potential superstars on this team before you hit the gas. They can't just like be the nine seed next year. If you're, if you're Golden State, would you rather have Davion Mitchell at seven or Lou Dort? I mean, I'd rather have Dort. He's, he's a lot more proven as a defender. He's way bigger. I mean, Davion Mitchell had a rough combine. Um, I believe he measured in at six foot nothing. So. It's not exactly what you want if you're Davion Mitchell. I, I mean, who, if you're supposed to be a tenacious defender who then shoots 60% from the, from the free throw line and you're a guard, you know, by the way, I'm pretty sure I looked this up the other night. I think it was Mitchell. Mitchell Davion Mitchell is nine months older than Lou Dort. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's pretty like, crazy. Wouldn't you? I mean, I know like you get Mitchell on the rookie contract, whereas you have to pay Dort in three years, I think. But I, I would rather have Dort. I think that uh, all these teams around the Thunder that they can possibly trade with, the realistic teams would be the Cavs, the Raptors, and the Warriors at three, four, and seven. All those teams want win-now players. We know that for sure the Warriors and Raptors want to win now, but the Cavs came out when they said that they were aggressively shopping number three. They want win-now, like young, all-star level talents. Well, the only player that the thunder can really offer like you said would be lou dort and that obviously would hurt every thunder fan nobody wants to hear that but if they truly were to make a trade you know win now players it's uh, sga is off the table obviously regardless of that dumb uh podcast that was out earlier. About that? <laughs> I, okay i will put my hand up i disagree i do not want them to deal SGA, but would I be like 10 out of 10, like knocked off my feet, shocked if it happened? No, absolutely this not. Off, this off season? Absolutely not. I would, oh, be, I would, I'd be, I would be floored. Like, I don't think Shea, I think part of why Ryan is saying this is 
like you're a little correct me if I'm wrong, you're like a little bit afraid that Shea is gonna ask out, right? Like you don't think the Thunder would trade Shea without him asking out. Maybe, but I don't know I don't I don't know that to be true. I think that I think I think they at least have to kick it around amongst themselves given how bad of a night Tuesday night was and that but you're just talking about the number one pick at that point then right like that's the only thing is that the only thing you would move him for I I would not move I would not trade him for two so yes um yeah but but I, I say I say all that to say I don't think I don't think if, if they don't think they can get a star with SGA out of this draft or potentially the next one given that like look how hard it was for them to lose games like all the hoops they had to jump through all the ways they had to manipulate the roster just to just to f- sufficiently tank um i don't see a world where they are worse um this coming season now i do think there are there's this argument to be made that yes they will be worse i just don't know that sga a year older um, Poku a year older, Dort a year older. I don't know that you, you're not going to get a less competitive team. Like they're not going to try any less, and you're going no. to give those guys more minutes. I think they're going to be another team that wins close games. And I think yeah. they have enough the way that they play, the style of play, the energy, the competitiveness. I think they're going to struggle to lose to teams that are that are trying a little harder, being a little more blatant about it. To tank, so I say all that to say, if you don't think you can adequately tank with Shea, which I I think we'd all agree they I don't think they can be it, a, it's going to be tough. Here. So yeah. if that's the case, I don't see why it's not at least a conversation. I'm not saying I want them to do it. I I would yeah. be devastated if they did it, yeah. but I also would not be like ten out of ten floored if they if they pulled the trigger. I just think isn't it easier to trade up for green or Mobley than it is to trade Shea. Like if you're Sam Presti, like wouldn't you just rather just, just pay whatever the asking price is versus you're trading another potential superstar on a rookie contract. Yeah. I'm, I, no one can see me. I'm shaking my head. Yes. Like I'm a hundred percent with that. I think it's a last resort. All I'm saying is the idea that it's laughable that, that it's even being talked about. I think is is a bit that is showing your colors. I really do think it's smart business if when it comes to it being a last resort. I I really do I really do think it's like it's not impossible. I think the thing is this is all about getting two cornerstone franchise guys. I mean, I think that the whole rebuild and everything, you want at least two guys because you need two guys to compete and that's why uh, the results from the draft lottery were so devastating because right now the Thunder do have one. They know that they have one young cornerstone piece in SGA to build around. Everything else is bonus and gravy as far as like Dort and Poku and those guys go. Uh, but they have one in SGA, and that's why I just don't see them. It's like taking a step back. Yeah, you get one in Cade, hopefully, but having a surefire, no doubt, you know he's already won when he's still on his rookie contract is just it would giving that up would be i think really devastating to the rebuild uh i see what you're saying i i know exactly what you're saying i i i agree with that uh because 
SGA is going to win some games next year, and then it's hard to get that second guy. You get Cade, hopefully he's a cornerstone, and then he's still a rookie, so they're really bad next year. So then you get another guy, and they're both, you know, just started the rookie contracts. So I get that line of thinking. I just don't think that you can give up a 22-year-old guy who had like elite-level uh, offense last year and is improving every year in SGA. Yeah, I hope they. I hope he's here for a decade. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will no say, I, he, he's posting on, and I know nobody's disputing this, but he, he commented on Poku's Instagram story today, that had, or not story, uh, just a post. And I, it was just kind of a funny interaction. Like, I think Shea wants to be in Oklahoma City, which I think carries a ton of weight in conversations like this. Like, I don't think there's any world where Presti is just going to trade away a perfectly content Shea. And, I mean, maybe for Cade. Like, may, uh, honestly, like, how many picks would you want on top of Cade for Shea? Like, I would want more. Maybe that's ridiculous, but yeah, I would too. I would, the, the, I would Pistons, want more. the Pistons wouldn't do it, but I would want right. More and the too. Pistons are never going to do that. Like right, they, they they wouldn't do it, and I get why they wouldn't do it. But if I'm Oklahoma City, I also wouldn't do it. You know, unless they right. were going to give more. Like, uh, you know, the the other part of this that I think is just the silliest idea is the whole Shea's going to be unhappy. This team's tanking. They're losing. Dude, they lost for half a season which is yeah. wasn't even a full season <laughs> like after the all-star game of a shortened season he went to the playoffs with the clippers then he went to the playoffs with the thunder and then while he was playing they were 16 and 19. and here's the other thing that nobody talks about but i'll say it shay is a bright dude like he is smart like my first impression of him was like this dude is sharp and i just think that he gets it i mean like Chris Paul, there's certain guys who just get it. And I think Shea is just one of those guys that get it. Now, that doesn't mean that he wants to lose. Obviously, he doesn't want to lose. But I don't think he's just sitting there and, like, stewing about, like, oh, we tanked half a season. Oh, we might not be good this season. I'm out of town. I think that he – I think that Presti is open with the star players. I feel like there's probably been conversations. I don't think Shea has been left out of the loop on, you know, on plans, on – on here's the the roadmap to where we're going and you're our star and you're the guy and i want you to lead us there uh but i do think that shay gets it i don't think that shay like some fans are worrying is going to want to leave town because they tank for half a season and they might take one more season you know what would really help is if poku reached somewhere near his ceiling yes yeah. like it would really it, really really help it, and that is another reason why I, I don't think there's a world where they trade Shea this, this summer because they don't know what Poku is yet. Like Poku could flatten out and a year from now we'll be talking about, oh yeah, remember when we thought Poku had a ceiling? But he also could explode. Like I, uh, the Serbian national team plays in like four days. And you can bet that I'm going to be watching those games. <laughs> like if, I, if they're on television anywhere, like they're playing the Dominican Republic I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is playing or not, but if he is, like that is going to be a pretty fun basketball game. I can't wait to watch Poku again, and I still think he has, you know, and I'm not alone on an island here. Like I think we all think he has a pretty high ceiling. The likelihood of reaching that ceiling is up for debate, but I think Sam and Shay want to see what that is next year before they make any rash decisions. Um, all right, let's go to 16 and 18. Guys you like in the teens, guys you don't like in the teens, uh, Brandon. 
Okay, so guys I like in the teens. All right, so my my post top six guys that I like the most, I'm just going to get this out because they're not going to be in the teens, I don't think, but they could be. According to some mocks, they're all over the place. I love Moses Moody. I love um, Josh Giddy, and I really, really like uh, Singoon. I like Kai Jones a lot. I think that Kai Jones... Uh, upside is really, really high as a guy who could possibly be a shooting center and he's got some freak athleticism. So I like him a lot. Um, I like Jaden Springer pretty well. I like Jalen jo Johnson's upside. I like Zaire Williams upside. So I'd be happy with any of those guys. Um, I will tell you, I'm not big at all on Keon Johnson. I'm not like, he's probably my least favorite prospect. As, as far as guys who might be taken, you know, uh, early teens and lower is it than, possible lower than Jalen Johnson? I like Jalen Johnson more. I think that Jalen Johnson, I like, I like, I, I just feel like Keon is just all athleticism and I get like some major Hamadou Diallo vibes from it. And I like Diallo. I like Diallo, but Diallo on a rebuild isn't a guy I want to like, you know, swing for the fences with, with a 16th pick. Where do you have, uh, uh, where do you have Kispert? I do. Okay. So Kispert, I actually like as if we were to get Kispert with 16 or 18, I could make some peace with that because he's such a great shooter and we need a, we need a great shooter on this team and he can do some other things offensively. Like everybody wanted Tyler hero so badly. Uh, you know, when the, the thunder were trading away Russell Westbrook and it looked like where he was going to the Miami heat. Uh, I, I like, I feel like Kispert could be hero Tyler hero, like what he's supposed to be when he's good. So I'd be okay with Kispert. He scares me a little bit because of his defense and he's a little one dimensional, but with a 16th or 18th pick, I'd be totally happy with that. That's what I like so much about this draft. It really is deep. And for me, the cutoff line is right about where the Thunder don't have any more picks, like right around 18th, 19th. Like once you get past that point, once you get into the twenties, I don't like any of those guys that are supposed to, I don't like Cameron Thomas. Uh, personally, I'm sure he's a great guy, but as far as like going to the thunder, uh, Shreve him, Cooper, I'm not big on, uh, so, you know, the guys that are projected in the thunders area. I like, I'm not big on Isaiah Jackson, but you can talk me into Isaiah Jackson. I'm kind of hoping that whole thunder gave him a promise. Still is just speculation from Chad Ford because he yeah. would not be my center of choice. There's nothing be... more deflating than hearing who the thunder promised. I've never been excited about that. Not yeah. one time. I think the last time it happened was the, there was that rumor that they promised Matisse Seibel, which yeah. in hindsight would have worked out. Um, yeah. What happened? Probably would rather promise? have. Well, uh, he got taken before the Thunder picked. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that, I, that, I mean, that turns out that hurts. <laughs> it turns Devin, out Devin Booker. <laughs> turns uh, out it's hard to draft people that are already taken. Yeah, two guys that. Uh, that Brandon didn't mention that I like. Uh, James Booknight out of UConn is sort of a similar, I don't want to say similar to Moses Moody because I think he play, he's got more of an interior game. Like He's really good at finishing around the rim. He's a little uh, more like Hero than any of those other guys to me. Yeah, I don't know what his, I don't have his splits in front of me. I don't know if he's like a super athletic, or you know, he is super athletic. I don't know if he's a super efficient shooter. Um, but I would, I would be fine with betting on the upside. He's a year older than a lot of these guys because he's a sophomore. He's almost 21. Uh, and then the other guy is Usman Garuba, uh, who's a center that you're going to hear a lot about. He's 6'8 as a center, but his arms are 
I think, you know, well over a seven foot wingspan. Um, and it apparently has just been, you know, incredible defensively uh, overseas playing, playing in Europe and the offensive game is, is sort of coming around. So I think he's an interesting bet for a guy that is probably like almost like a Serge Ibaka role. If Serge Ibaka played with a center who could shoot a three or, you know, shoot threes and rebound. Where and I, what I mean by that is like he's your weak side shot blocker and just has crazy long arms and can switch at all, you know, at all points on the floor. Um, that's I wouldn't guy, be shocked to see him in the top twelve. Yeah, he he's the guy that could rise. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of guys here like J- Jaden Springer. I like. Um, I'm not as high on Kispert just because he's he's pretty old um, for the Thunder. Like, and I I also don't think Kispert gets to 16. He had a pretty good week at the combine. If if the Thunder were going to trade up, I'm kind of I'm doing this on the fly here. Let's say the Thunder trade 16 and 18 for 11. Who who is your, who would y'all be targeting there? I want Giddy or Moody so bad. Like whoever the Thunder get, whether it be Barnes or Kuminga at six, if if they just stay at six, I, I would be ecstatic if the thunder ended up with one of Barnes and Kaminga and then one of Giddy or Moody. The only, the only pushback I, I would love either of those guys. I just, I think they're going to address the need for a big in the first round. Um, yeah. If they can. And so I, not to say that I don't think they're going to reach for a guy. Um, I don't think they're going to trade both picks for a guy that they could get just staying put. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, Especially if they're yeah. getting one of the bigger, like like Kaminga or Barnes at six, I would not be surprised if they moved down to like twelve or thirteen to get Kai Jones. I love Kai Jones though too. He's my favorite of all those of, really? of all the bigs they can get. I like him so much more than Isaiah Jackson. Uh, I agree with that. Sangoon. I I think I do like him more than Sangoon. I know that I I know that Sangoon is like he's match. You're up next. No, no, I know. I know. I know he's like, he's like the pet cat of so many people. And I get why I really do. But for me, like the Thunder second pick should be like a swing for the fences type Poku type pick, but maybe a little bit safer, not quite as raw. And to me, those guys are Kai Jones, Giddy. uh, Like those are the guys I love to see. Moses Moody is actually really safe. He's one of the safest players to take. Uh, (laughs) But if we could get him, I'd, I'd be ecstatic. But yeah, uh, Singun, I don't know. I just uh, his defense worries me a little bit. His his reach worries me a little bit as a center. Uh, so I don't. His athleticism worries me a little bit. But but honestly, I'd be really really happy with him if he was the Thunder's second pick. Like, there's no way I want the Thunder walk away with him as as their best pick. Uh, but if he was the Thunder's second best pick in this draft, I'd be completely fine with that. Spencer Singun over Kai. Why? Sengun is just so much more polished, right? Like he, uh, he he's so strong. He he's got a post game. He's going to be able to shoot it. Uh, Brandon hit on the concern as well, though, and it's it's defense and it's just his overall length and like can he be a rim protector on a good team? And honestly, the answer might be no. Um, but I would still bet on him figuring that out, or you know, the Thunder being able to build a defense around that versus like trying to take on the Kai, can Kai Jones shoot threes project, uh, which is numbers in college shooting wise are not terrible for a center. He shot 38% from three and uh, 69% from the free throw line. But 
you know, not a great rebounding rate. I had to blink. One, I had to I had to blink twice at those numbers. I was like, did he take like two threes? He, like, uh, one point three a game. I mean, he. I mean, to shoot center, that, to shoot thirty eight percent from three and such a low free throw percentage was kind of kind of jarring. Well, I mean, it's almost seventy percent. Like, I, I mean, it's tough. I, 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 this is where we are not aware of like what he shot over the course of 80 AAU games, right? Like we don't, those numbers are not quite as readily available. Um, in his freshman season at Texas, you know, he shot 29% from three, but he also shot 64% from the free throw line. So maybe there, you can make the argument that there has been some steady improvement there. Um, I think that Kai is much more of a upside pick from an athletic standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint. But I would not undersell the upside of a guy like Sangoon, who is the MVP of the Turkish League at 18 years old. Like that is that's no joke uh, for a teenager to be able to do that. And I I I think that you know it would be a little bit short-sighted to say you know he he is what he is because he's he's got so I think he's got a ton of runway to grow. Yeah, I I honestly like them both a lot. I'd be I'd be really happy if the Thunder got either one to be their center. I think when I originally did my for for Daily Thunder, when I wrote my lottery draft rankings, I think I had Sangoon at twelve and Kai Jones at fourteen, and it's shifted just a little bit since you know that was a couple of weeks ago. And as the combines hit, and I've learned more, I've, I've, I'd probably have them right both about the same spot, but maybe just switch them. But they're really close for me. I'll say that. I think the main thing that we would all agree on is that the Thunder's next franchise center needs to be able to shoot threes. Exactly. Hundred yep. percent. And so both of these guys could do that, but I would bet on Sangoon. Especially if the Thunder are going to make Scotty Barnes their their next best player now after SGA. If if it's going to exactly. be Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kaminga, since both of their weaknesses are shooting, if either of those guys is going to be your power forward, the center has to be able to shoot. Yep. And you uh, got especially, Luke Dort, who's going to be streaky for his whole career. Like yep. Yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts on Jared Butler? I would love him with uh, our first pick in the second round, but I doubt he lasts that long. But but maybe with his his medical issues, you know, obviously first thing, hopefully he's he's okay. Yeah. But if he ends up being okay, man, if if you could somehow get him with that first pick in the second round, that'd be incredible. So I I do want to point out. I just want to read Tankathon's like where who they have Oklahoma City taking. They have them taking Barnes at six. They have James Booknight at 16. And then they have Jared Butler at 18. Three guards, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, Barnes is kind of a forward, but also he's going to run a lot of your offense. Um, that's, that's with uh, Garuba in between those picks at 17, and then Zaire Williams at 19 and Jaden Springer at 20. I don't think there's any way Jared Butler goes at 18. Um, but you know, we'll see. He's first off, yeah. I mean, he's older. That's another guy that like the Thunder are going to be swinging here. I, I think still. Um, like I think that Sam, a hundred times out of a hundred, would take Zaire Williams and all his question marks over Jared Butler. Yeah, me too. Same with same with Jaden Springer. Um, same with Cam Thomas, maybe even like just go down this list. Um, Greg Any Brown is a guy that I'm terrified of. I think he had two assists all year and is the most <laughs> athletic player in the draft. Like that's <laughs> that um, is, any any chance that Oklahoma City moves 
talking about moving up with those two middle of the first round picks. Um, any chance they move up for? Do you think they could move up for uh, Franz uh, Wagner? It's another kind of high floor, low upside guy, right? Like I just I don't think that's the goal. I mean, Brandon, you can. I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree, but I mean that. I, that's not who I would target there. I would I would rather have Sengun or Moody or even Giddy there, or maybe even Book Knight than, than Wagner. What a great yeah, guy Moody would be. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I think that uh, you know he's a player for a team like the Warriors or the Pelicans or Kings who want to win right now. I don't think he's a player for the Thunder because the upside just isn't as high. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely take more swings on on home run picks than I would for him. I'm telling you, I, I just feel like Josh Giddy is made for the new era of, of Thunder basketball. Like, you, you know, with, with what Presti's doing now, uh, when you look at Vic Creechie, when you look at Darius Baisley, when you look at uh, who else am I thinking? Everybody that he's been interested in lately uh, has been this kind of like, Typically, the power forward size, like 6'8", but has like point guard skills, playmaking skills, can shoot a bit. It's just like this multi-skilled guy and really, really young and international. Like Josh Giddy just checks all the uh, boxes, I think, for the new era. I just feel like if they're going to trade up, it's going to be for, for Giddy or if Moody falls. That's just my impression. Trivia question for both of you. Who is the last player Oklahoma City took that went to college in the United States? Oh, wow, that's good. Um, Hold on. First round? Yeah. Or any round? Yeah, first round. Sorry, first round. Uh, yeah, because they took Diallo in the second round. Um, Man, and Terrence Ferguson played overseas. Uh, is it like Perry Jones or? No, and not the, that far. Mitch McGarry? It's, it's Mitch Sabonis. McGarry? Sabonis. Oh, he played against Zaga. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah I think of him as an international guy. Five full years of, of, uh, of guys that did not go to college in the United States. And technically, the Thunder didn't even pick him. They traded right. for him afterwards. So, right. so. <laughs> maybe, it is, maybe it is Mitch McGarry. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, one thing on Giddy. I, I like Giddy a lot. I, I'm a little bit concerned about the shot just after listening to uh, Fran Fraschillo went kind of deep on him with on Chad Ford's podcast uh, about a week ago, I think. And it's, it's a little, some of the stuff there's a little bit concerning, but you, you think with the touch, he should be able to get that figured out. But I just like, is Ty Jerome gone in the scenario where the Thunder are trading up for Josh Giddy? Cause there's, there's not, you're kind of running out of point guard minutes. If Jerome and Maladon and SGA are there, like, I mean, he can play the wing and you can, you can play all those guys together, but I, I don't know. Um, with as much as they've with, with as much as they've liked to play three guard lineups, I would say yeah. it's not impossible, but I hear you. Um, what, uh, G- Tankathon has Giddy at 15. Like I don't see a world where he's available at 15. Yeah. I think he goes ahead of Kispert. I think he goes out of Kai Jones. I think Jalen Johnson is at nine in this. That is, I mean, maybe the Kings really high, stupid, but that, I mean, I don't think Jalen Johnson's going to be a lottery pick. Um, would you bet, would you know. bank on Giddy being a top 10 pick? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, who, who's in the top 10 here? Yeah. Like if Orlando has to stick at eight, Orlando's a great spot for Josh Giddy. Um, I think New Orleans could make sense, although they have Nikhil Alexander Walker and, um, T 
Kira Lewis Jr. So they probably don't need another guard. Would love for would love for Nikhil Alexander Walker to become available. Would love. I him. completely agree. And maybe yeah, maybe you trade Lou Dort. You trade Shea's best friend, but you you bring back his cousin. Hey, we're you're losing you're <laughs> losing Dort. Right. <laughs> we did get your cousin. Oh my gosh! One one thing we haven't mentioned that makes no sense about this promise that the Thunder have supposedly given to uh, Isaiah Jackson is that completely restricts the possibility of you seeing an 18 a package and move up, which exactly. on one hand, everybody believes the Thunder are going to package 16 and 18 to move up. And then on the other hand, you hear there's this promise. I just, I had to believe and hope that that Presti didn't make a promise because that would yeah. completely restrict him from doing, having the flexibility to move up, whether that's six, 16 and 18 or just 16 and 18 or whatever it may be, it makes no sense. Or somebody's falling and you get somebody at 16 that you didn't think you can get, but then you promise Isaiah Jackson, but what if Giddy's there or Moody's there? I mean, like it, it just doesn't make any sense to make a promise yeah. like this when, you know, all these, when you have this much flexibility, I just, I don't see it. I want to get you guys I, on the second round picks. Go ahead, Spencer. What, okay, that is actually a perfect lead in um, because I was just to play devil's advocate, advocate, Brandon. I agree with what you're saying. All that is, it's crazy to me that these promises come out every year and it just seems like it does nothing but limit flexibility. But in this case, the Thunder is sitting at 34 and 36. I wonder if the promise, quote unquote, is not necessarily for a first round pick, but for a guaranteed contract. In which case it would make, you know, the Thunder could take Isaiah Jackson at 34 and say, yeah, we'll give you a guaranteed deal. Or they could say, hey, we're going to try to try to 29, you know, take 34, 36, and uh, 55. And we think we can get up to 28, 29, 30. We'll take you in the first round there. Like, I think there's ways where the Thunder could have possibly promised Isaiah Jackson without necessarily having to take him at 18. That, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't even considered that, but uh, we've seen Sam Presti do some creative things before with like Josh Hustis, uh, you know, and, and promises and things like that in the past. Uh, and you can, you know, with uh, a guaranteed contract, you know, you, you have more flexibility if you're out of the first round as far as contracts go and things like that. But the one thing I would say is Isaiah Jackson's, you know, projected in the first round. So it'd be weird for him to pull out of, you know, working out for other teams just for a second round promise when, you know, the, these guys, they want to be a first round pick. I mean, you're, you're right. working all this time and things like that to be a, a first round guy. So it would be odd, but you know, if you can make a certain contract guarantee, I don't know. I mean, you know, we've seen yeah. stranger things. Maybe they, maybe the agent has, I don't know who his agent is. Maybe he has a good relationship with the Thunder says, Hey, this would be an awesome place for you to go. I'm going to try to get you there. Who cares if you're the 32nd pick versus the 28th? Like it doesn't really, you know, maybe the agent is your like that, but he is a guy. I mean, I, I think people have hope that he can shoot and he can definitely defend. So he, you know, if, if Sangoon and Kai Jones are not really there, um, I, I think he would be an awesome pick anywhere in the mid to late twenties. Um, wanted to mention in the, the with that thirty fourth pick, Tankathon yeah. has slotted Trey Murphy from Virginia, who I really like. Um, he's a very 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 good shooter, and the kind of like quick release that I think he could he could play in an NBA game tomorrow and and get off good looks. So um, 
any thoughts on these second round guys? Anybody that you like? Yeah, I'm, I, I like Rocco a lot. I like BJ Boston just because of the potential upside. You know, he was supposed to be a lottery pick coming into the season, and I love getting a guy like that in the second round. I don't think anybody's seen- fallen further than than him. No, he's still on like sure not. pre preseason. Tankathon had him like top ten. Yeah, like, top four. I think I think he was like like Jalen Suggs basically took his spot. Like yeah, you know Jalen Suggs is not on any radar at least yeah. for these mainstream mock drafts. But yeah, continue continue in Boston. Well, yeah, and that's that's why I like a guy like that so much. I mean, we've seen like look, Lou Dort was supposed to be a lottery pick, then a late first round. He fell all the way out. That worked out. The Thunder like kicking the tires on guys who had a lot of pedigree coming out of high school and recruits and then fell off for whatever reason. So I could see BJ Boston. I really like Josh Christopher. At this point, I'd be surprised if he lasts the second round. I think he'll be a late first round guy because he is getting a lot of hype after his combine. He seems to be moving up. But if the Thunder got any of Boston, Christopher, Trey Murphy, or Rocco in the second round, I think that's a steal, like on the Teo Maladone level. I like, uh, you know, a lot of these guys I, I haven't watched enough tape yet like i believe you ryan that trey murphy is a great shooter i i i have not watched any trey murphy so i'll have to take your word on that he's uh, six nine I, he's six nine and can really 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 shoot it yeah he's yeah. he's basically grant jarrett okay wow. <laughs> is that, do you get that right you, old school old school that, is, that, went over, that went over my head that's uh, a deep cut that is a, a deep, deep cut <laughs> uh but no i like uh, for all the reasons brandon said i like bj boston um Philip Petrosev is an interesting option. I believe he was at Gonzaga and then left and played overseas this past year because he was going to get beat out at Gonzaga uh, and put up really good numbers overseas. Um, Bones Highland is a guy that has been getting a ton of hype and had yep. a, a good combine here, only a sophomore. That's the thing with a lot of these second-round guys. Most of them are, are older, um, but Bones Highland's not 21 yet, um, so that would be an interesting option. Rocco is a guy that I have not watched, but I, I have heard and seen other smart people mention him. Uh, the other one, I'm scrolling on Tankathon because I don't totally know his name. Uh, it's Vrenz something, V-R-E-N-Z. I've seen a lot of hype around him. Is, is, I believe he's a forward. It's an interesting pick. Um, Sam Vecini really, really loves Miles McBride at West Virginia. He put up some really good performances in the big, in the big 12 this year. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I would stay away from guys like Isaiah Todd, Luca Garza. Um, uh, Isaiah Livers is a guy that I would probably stay away from. Just other guys here in the second round. Max Aismith had a really tough combine. Um, really not good. So he, careful. I don't know if he'll get careful. drafted or not. Careful. Um, I mean, well, careful. What do you mean? I went to ORU. That's my guy. Did you really? You went to ORU? Yeah. That's man. I did not know that. I, I, my mom oh. lives like at 81st in Delaware. So right, right around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right Talk about there. stomping grounds right there. 81st yeah. in Delaware. If I'm the yeah. thunder, I take Max and Austin Reeves. It's the second round. Who cares? Take both the Oklahoma <laughs> boys. See if one That's of them funny. pans out. You got 34 picks. Who gives a crap? I'm curious to see if Max stays in this process. Um, yeah, he might come back. Cause it, it looked like, he was just going to go test the waters and, and, and see, but yeah. 
he's not getting any taller though. So he right. should probably go get paid, right? Like, right. even if he's just a G League guy or he has to go play in Italy or something, like it's probably time for him to get his money, in my opinion. And he is fun. But even in those NCAA tournament games where he was electric, he got his shots swatted at the rim a lot for yeah. a guy that was that, like that. And like, that is probably not going to translate to the NBA, um, unfortunately. But um, I mean, yeah, Kessler Edwards, another guy in here that Sam Bassini loves, but he, you know, he's a guy that's a little bit older, but you know, do you think, do you think they'll, well. do you think those picks are, are packageable? Do you think they could move yeah. to the late twenties or mid twenties? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, who the only problem is I'm staring at it here. Like the last five picks haven't really changed hands yet. Um, so like, I don't know. Like the Jazz don't really need three second round picks, right? Like neither do the Suns. Neither do, well, the Seventy Sixers might. They might want to take some shots. Um, so yeah, I, in theory, I think they're packageable, but you just have to find a team that is interested in having two or three extra second rounders. Looking at the the top ten again, I feel like there's no way Moody gets past Sacramento, especially if they make their decision with but with Buddy. Well, yeah, they need to find a home for Buddy Heald, and I'm not sure that he is a is he a positive asset right now? I mean, I don't, but but it's hard because of that contract. It's hard to say yeah. whether he's a he's 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 a good player. I still think that he can help a team, but on that contract, I don't know. I do think that Moses is prime. That the Kings say they'll trade. That they are actually aggressively trying to trade that number nine pick. And I wonder if you package, um, you know, if they're wanting to win right now, maybe Michich or. You know, you floated Lou Dort earlier, maybe Lou Dort, and you basically trade Lou Dort for Moses Moody. I would not scenario. do that. I don't. I. I mean, would you do that, Brandon? Uh, I think that my love of Lou Dort would stop me from doing that. I think if I was like a heartless, emotionless um, GM, I would do it only because of the rookie contract and because I do think that Moses is. Um, has one of the I, I would bet on Moses Mooney to be a star outside of the top five or six more than almost any other player. There's like three or four guys. If you said, okay, one of these guys outside of the top five or six is going to be a star, choose one. Moses would be one of my picks. Uh like maybe like a Brad Billish type player, possibly. Uh so I would just for that, you know, upside swing. Uh, but I wouldn't do it because of my Lou, love for Lou Dort. And those, say, and those Velveeta I, tweets. Yes. How, we, we have to <laughs> consider that. We have to consider it. Yeah, I that's would, true. I would, do, I would do Dort for the number nine pick. Like, if you can trade that up, or maybe you take Sangoon or whatever. Like, but I, I actually think Dort's upside is, is probably just as high as Moody. I yeah, know, I mean, a, and, it, yeah, I, and I love Lou Dort, so I don't know. I don't know that I would do it. Uh, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Like, that is a really tough one. But maybe you do 16 and 18 to get to nine. Maybe you give Michich and 16. I don't, you know, there's if you want a win now player, we I mentioned earlier, Dort. I think Michich is the other one. Maybe Kenrich Williams uh, is appealing to somebody as a little sweetener. Can I say I don't want to move Dort unless it gets us into the top five? Like, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, that would be the only. Like I could, 
live with it if it's to get into the top five really the top one of those top four guys i'm yeah. like okay it was worth the sacrifice of lou dort anything else doesn't feel like it'd be worth yeah. it if you're going to trade shay's best friend you better you better be a running mate that's replacing him right like you need to have you know there needs to be a reason for that um and i you know I, if you I could turn if you could turn dort into green i think you i think you oh. hit a home, i think you hit a home run like if yeah. you can, if you package dort and the picks required to get to four, like send Dort, you know, he would be going back to, to Canada. Um, he, somebody that could really help. I mean, Dort is translatable to 30 NBA teams. Like he is, he is a lockdown defender and he can hit threes and he can do more than just hit threes. He can put it on the floor um, and get to the basket. So I, I think Toronto would have to at least think about adding a guy like that to their current roster um, and still getting the sixth pick. Um, I, I think that would be very enticing for them. I think that's one of the most realistic, you know, we've gone through so many things. I think the one of the most realistic would be something like six plus Lou Dort for four. I mean, that's it's simple. It's clean. It makes sense for both sides. I'm not saying it'll happen or either side should or wouldn't do it, but something like that makes sense. Uh, now, I don't think it'll be green. I think it'll be for Suggs. Would you guys do it yeah. for Suggs? I, I don't think I would. I would do it. 100%. You would. I think I, I would rather have Suggs than Green. That's but that's me. I think Suggs is. I I've been about Suggs from from day one. I think he is so special. I think Suggs is awesome. I also think that the Thunder believe that Shea is their point guard. Right, like if Suggs is there at number six, I I think the Thunder would take him. But you know, and assuming like Barnes and you know everybody else is off, all the other top guys are off the board. I think the Thunder would take Suggs because he's the best player available and you figure it out. But if the option is Dort and Barnes or Suggs, I would take Dort and Barnes. And people are going to hate this section of this podcast where we're talking about putting Lou Dort in these yeah. trades. <laughs> go watch, go watch, you, Suggs, okay. go watch Suggs on that chase down block. I want to say it was against Iowa. Um, I'm trying to picture it in my head the chase down block. And if you can get, if you can see the entire play where it comes back down to the offensive end, like no, it was in the final four. That was the game that he. It was in the final four. That was the game that he hit the uh, the half court shot. It was like a minute and a half before. He did have an unbelievable stretch there in that final four game. The Iowa game I'm thinking of is in regular season play. Okay, uh, like a, maybe a month or two into the season, but yeah, Suggs is is incredible, and I don't think that's a good thing to to mention is. I don't think that that takes the ball out of Shea's hands. And yeah, and it doesn't I, have to. And I, and I think when it comes down to it, like in the last five minutes of a close game, they're both going to be on the floor regardless. And, yeah. um, and I, th I think they're very interchangeable. Um, I think Suggs, his, his spot up shooting is something that I think he'll vastly improve um, playing uh, he he was such a great distributor. He was su he is such a tenacious defender. He has this uh, this competitiveness that is just uh, kind of he, he's a maniac on the floor, and I think he's so so much fun. I think you're talking me into this. I just I, I think I think it would be worth like I would be I think it's no consolation if Green is already taken to move up to four to get Suggs. I think he and Shea would be outstanding. They they would be such a great defensive backcourt and then limitless on offense. Here's the thing. Everybody fits with Shea. I really yeah. believe that 
he can play one through three. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. Uh, I, I just think that he fits with everybody. And right now, he's the one in granite cornerstone player the Thunder have. So I don't think that the Thunder are too worried about fit. It's just best player that you can get. And, and yeah, I agree. I think Suggs is a stud. Uh, I, I'm one of the few people, probably along with Ryan, that have him above Jalen Green still. I know that he's blown for everybody else, but I just think his overall game and and character and, and all those things, uh, I'm really, really high on him. I know he's a little bit shorter, but, I mean, the Thunder, Chris Paul is like five foot ten. Uh, you know, he puts on, you know, platforms so he can say he's six foot. Uh, but I stood next to him. He's awesome. But he is, you know, he's short. And then Dennis Schroeder is not a big guy. And they had the most dominant three-man lineup in basketball the one year that those three played together. So you can easily put Suggs next to a Shea and they'll be just fine. Suggs is taller than Russ. I mean, we're talking about 6'6 six, six and 6'4 yeah. in the backcourt. Like, he's he's legit big. And uh, I, I, something I'm going to be watching very closely, no matter who Suggs goes to, is I want to see their the pace that they played with last year compared to the pace they play with with Suggs will go up. He is lightning fast, and he pushes the ball ahead. There's outlet pass. He threw some outlet passes, one-handed, two-handed, like incredible vision. Yeah. When And he's a great rebounder. He's a great leaper. Um, so talking about somebody that can ignite offense straight away, um, I think he's uh, a great cutter. Everything that he unlocks on the offensive end and in transition, I think, is would be so much fun next to Shea. I, I don't want to see him on the Houston Rockets. I think we can all agree on that. Like, <laughs> you know, if I'm, if I'm a, as There's a Thunder no, fan, I think you're, yeah, I mean, you're hoping they take Mobley for a number of reasons, but just like the fun factor for for Suggs and Green, I think it's just higher. It, I think it would be more do, annoying to see. You yeah. you have Green higher than Suggs, uh, Spencer. But do you think do you think Suggs would you agree that Suggs' floor is higher? Oh yeah, yeah. I think Suggs' floor is you know damn near the highest in this class, like other than Cade. I mean, yeah, I Suggs is Suggs' floor is. I mean, yeah, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley could in the wrong situation, and I think could definitely not be an All Star. And not that Suggs' floor is an All Star, but I. It's not just the floor, but I think that his likelihood of reaching whatever his ceiling is is higher yeah, as well. I agree. Um, Brandon mentioned, you know, how everyone's going to be mad that I keep trying to trade Lou Dort. <laughs> and, I, and I do. And I also think they need to trade Kendrick Williams and Ty Jerome. And I think they should not bring back Svima Kailuk. I, I think that you need to get – if this team is going to be bad enough to have as good or better lottery odds next year, despite improvement from Shea and Poku and, um, you know, maybe Baisley, maybe Maladon, like you need to get, basically get rid of all of those competent players that are around them. More Charlie say, Brown? Yeah. It needs to be Shea, Dort, and like t- uh, teenagers, right? Like in Kemba, I guess, whenever Kemba's going to play or whoever they replace Kemba with, like, it needs, there needs to be a lot of teenagers on this team next year if they are going to be – like that is the path to the Thunder being worse or, or just as bad next year as they were this year. I think that's kind of an underrated part of the Horford-Kimba deal too, though. Like, you know, Horford had to be shut down because he was winning too many games. Well, Kimba's equally as talented, if not more talented, but 
you know, with his knee issue, they can very well say the only way he's going to get better is rehabbing. Uh, he, he already with the Celtics had to be shut down multiple times and they wanted to win. He couldn't play back to backs. I mean, Kimba, if he stays, could be playing on a very, very limited basis. And so you're yeah. basically taking out Al Horford from the equation as far as wins go. And that that hurts the Thunder's win odds. You know, when you took away the Thunder were were very, very competent when they had Shea, Horford, George Hill, Lou Dort. They were a good team. Muscala. I mean, they, I mean they were yeah, Muscala, yes, Muscala. There were too many guys that could contribute Kenrich Williams to good winning basketball. You're basically taking away George Hill and Al Horford from that, and then Kimba just plays sometimes. So I do think that Shea, even though I, Shea on his own is going to win you games, there's just no way around it. He's that good now, especially when you add Lou Dort and a Poku leap. But, you know, if if the most of the other players are rookies and second-year players, I think they'll lose enough. But I do agree uh, you know, try to get rid of competent players, but I do think that basically get rid of, getting rid of the equivalent of Al Horford's talent from the team helps a lot. Um, we haven't. You you mentioned Baisley. I was just about to bring him up. Um, what's he rooting for on draft night? Selling the, the Thunder, selling their picks for cash consideration. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he is. I could definitely see him being moved I, on draft night. I, I personally have moved on. I, I think that that's pretty harsh. Uh, I fully admit that, but I, I, I think I've moved on. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, we've gone all this way in this episode, and he was coming into the season, he was right there under Shea with Lou Dord as like a considered a part of the core, and we've gone this far, an hour and a half, and we're just now bringing him up. I think that's just kind of the feeling amongst, you know, Thunder analysts and fans. But here's the deal. I think that he's worth more to the Thunder to see if, you know, as a 20-year-old, to see if he can improve and, and do anything, maybe even off the bench now instead of as a starter, than as a trade. If you include him in a trade, I just don't know that it moves the needle at all other than salary filler at all. So I don't know that it gets you anything extra juice wise. So why trade him for nothing uh, yeah, when you true. can when you can still keep him around and see if he improves? Because he's still got you know he's still got the tools physically uh, you know that could be a he could be a decent role player or become something. I mean, so I, I just think it makes more sense to keep him than to trade him for nothing. I, I agree with that, and I think that whatever his value is is going to have a big impact. And I I do think. Like, I think Bays could easily have a 12-year NBA career and like yeah. be around for a long time. But there are guys in this league that take a while. Like I'm looking at we're watching the Bucks and Hawks right now. Like PJ Tucker had to go overseas for like three seasons. And now he's awesome. But there are just guys that it does not click right away. And you have to get to your second, third, fourth team. Cameron Payne is another example. Like you know, it just it doesn't click right away for everybody, and I, I just don't I don't see it working out with the Thunder with, with Baisley. Whether that's whether they end it this year or they choose not to extend his rookie deal next summer and he walks in restricted free agency, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I I would be surprised if he's on this team in like two years. Here's here's my deal with Baisley. I just don't know when you look at the when you start doing like lineups, I just never know where to slot him. 
because I mean, he's a four, right? I mean, well, well, no, I know he's a four, but I don't know like where he plays because you got yeah. SGA, Dort, Poku. You figure either Kaminga or Barnes, and then you know Sangoon or Kai or Isaiah Jackson, and then you go to the next row and you got like Maladon, Jerome, Deck, maybe Kenrich Williams, then you know Bradley or or where does Baisley go? Like, I don't know where yeah. he gets minutes now. He's definitely Isaiah, not Roby. Isaiah Roby. Isaiah Roby. Yeah. Williams. I mean, yeah. if Spee comes back, like, I just don't know if Michich plays, if Kimba plays. I just don't know where Baisley is slotted at to get minutes. He's definitely not going to be a starter uh, because the Thunder are going to start their super young guys. They, Not that they've seen all they need to from Baisley, but I, I think that they want to put – you know, other guys in those positions. Like, I think SGA and Poku are guaranteed to start. I think whichever center they take in the first round is pretty much guaranteed to start in at least the second half of the season. Um, I think Dort, unless they, like, take a couple guards, is pretty much guaranteed to start. And even if they do, like, we'll probably just start them at small forward. So, yeah, I mean, you're running out of space really quick. really depressing for Darius Paisley. I didn't mean it's, to take well, us on that turn, but you're right. You're absolutely. Out, he's not going to be out of the league, right? Like he's, you know, he's he'll just go to another team and maybe you know play for them. But let me look up his stats. How many how many minutes a game do you guys think he's been getting for the last two years? I mean, he's been getting quite. He got quite a few this season. I mean, he was one of the Thunder's leading scorers and rebounding rebounders this year, just by virtue of playing so many minutes. And you know, when he came back from his shoulder injury. Yeah. Besides his shooting, he looked better. Like he was more aggressive at the rim. He was dunking more and things like that. Honestly, here's the deal with Bays. If you just took away magically all his three point attempts, all of a sudden his numbers look pretty solid. His rebounding numbers, his field goal percentage, uh, his efficiency, and all those things. If you just take away, because he shot so many threes and he shot them so poorly. He shot 5.2 a game at 29%. It's right. disgusting. But he just, has to be able to shoot threes. He does for him to work and what he is good at, or what he, I think is discovering that he's good at is getting to the free throw line. Yes. He got to the line 3.2 times a game last year. But if you look at the second half of the season, it was more like five and a half times a game, right. which is the path to him having a role in an NBA roster. But the Thunder need him to shoot. Like you're going to have Lou Dort and the center. Your power forward is probably, well, your power forward is probably going to be Poku eventually. But whoever your power forward is needs to be able to shoot. Um, yeah. And Baisley is is apparently not going to be able to do that. I do think the final note on this, I, I do think that the Thunder will find minutes for him next season. I don't think that they'll – he's still so young, and they still want to see what they uh, – he's – I don't think you go from a starter to just third, you know, third string. I think yeah. they'll find him as either a small ball five on the bench – or a four on the bench. I think they'll carve out some minutes or maybe you, because they're exploring the roster still, they expand the rotation to 11 guys. I think they'll find minutes for base still. I do. If, if they wanted to turn Baisley into a backup small ball five, I would, I'm a hundred percent in on that. Me too. All in. Like, <laughs> yep. That I, I, I think you may have cracked the code there, Brandon, because otherwise yeah. he's, he got 31 minutes a game last year. He, he's not getting 31 minutes a game next year unless he either improves greatly or is, or is playing more center. Absolutely. I certainly don't need to see Tony Bradley. 
No, I mean, what's his contract situation? I think we've seen enough of him. Honestly, I like Tony Bradley, guys. Like, if I think if you're a contender, like a playoff team, sure. I think he's kind of like the ideal backup five. Now, that's not what the Thunder are. Like, he yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense for the Thunder right now. Uh, but he's competent. I mean, like, he's solid. He's a solid defender. He's a solid rebounder, solid scorer. Like, when I did my end of season rankings, I think I had Tony Bradley like eighth. I think he was like eight. Like when you look at his numbers, he was actually the Thunder's most efficient scorer. Now, a lot of yeah, that, he, when you're a big and, and you're not shooting from outside, you're going to be one of the most efficient scorers like Steven Adams or Nerlens Noel. That's just the way it goes. Sure. But when you're also rebounding pretty well and playing pretty solid D and not making any mistakes on top of that, I just think he's a competent player. What is his – like do you think he's back next year? I'm trying to I I, no, I'm not saying that because he doesn't yeah, make I mean, a lot of sense on <laughs> on a rebuilding Thunder team that you know it's in their best interest to lose wow. games next season and he's a restricted free agent. Uh, he's only 23. He, yeah, I would have thought. I mean, he turned 23 17 days ago. I thought he was like 27 to be honest with you. But also, th uh, I'm curious about Bradley, and I know we need to wrap up, but last. I know that Bradley and Svee uh, are, you know, restricted free agents, and it might make more sense to see them walk. But they're both competent players that are pretty young, and Sam Presti traded for both of them with, uh, with two assets. George Hill was an asset. Hamadou Diallo was an asset, and Sam Presti hates letting assets go for nothing. Ooh. So I also kind of don't see him letting them go for nothing as well. I don't know. I'm really curious to see what happens. Thankfully, he, he also, also got a couple second rounders in those. Yeah, so maybe he also got second that. rounders. Right. Yeah. So maybe he views as like, okay, it's fine. We'll let him walk because we got the second rounders. I mean, Spee was definitely seen as matching salaries when that deal happened. Now, he exceeded the, that expectation. Uh, and I think Tony Bradley was, I don't know, was it a roster crunch in Philly or did they just, I don't know if they just didn't need him or, or what. But um, I would rather bring back Spee, I guess, just because he was kind of fun. But like I said, I, if you don't have star potential I don't, and you're a competent player, I think you shouldn't be on this team. It's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird <laughs> spot. Like you're saying, it's, they don't like, they have incentive, big time incentive to remain in the lottery next year. They, yeah. They need and, to be giving 140 minutes a night to teenagers. Yeah. And like you're saying, like, if they're not, this this team like the guys we're talking about Kendrick Williams, Ty Jerome, Svee, like these guys help you win games. They yeah. are the guys that that cut into leads or they maintain leads off the bench. They play super hard. They're now in year two with one another. Like that only only helps the hell out of me. Yeah. It only helps. <laughs> like we saw these guys win games off the bench as strangers to one another and yeah. to see them to see them another year in in the uh quote-unquote program i think is terrifying for for the for the the the, the front office I, th I think and for fans that are about this this tank life well Cause it, it's because the pit goes to atlanta if they make the playoffs like point blank the pit yeah, yeah and i'm not worried about them making the playoffs because I, I think the west is too good but i you don't want to be ninth in lottery odds next year like like maybe yeah you could still get lucky you could be like toronto but what if you don't 
then you have the 10th pick instead of the sixth pick. Yeah. And you still only have one star on your team. Like that is a nightmare. Like that, right. that would be 50 times worse than what happened on Tuesday night, in my opinion. Well, that's why what happened on Tuesday night was so devastating because going forward, you got Shea, you, you know, your baseline for being bad is only so low. Uh, so uh, when you look at next season, I don't think that they're going to outright tank next season, but now because they didn't get one of those blue chip guys, top four guys, the incentive is there, uh, you know, so it, it may have not getting the top four pick may have delayed the tank by a full year. I mean, you may see more of it next season just because of necessity, but I think that's why there's also more incentive to try to get any one of those top four. I just think that the the franchise would feel so much more comfortable moving forward. If you had a Jalen Suggs or an Evan Mobley to go along with right now, I think you could live with whatever results. I think that you could put them on the floor, not worry about wins and losses, because now you got two guys that you feel are going to be stars moving forward. If they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. If we finish 10th, that's fine. If we finish third, that's fine. If we get the play in, that's fine. Because at least we got two guys that we can depend on and all those other picks going forward. But right now, they don't have that second guy because they didn't get one of those top four picks. Which that, I think that's a huge point you just made. That kind of sums up a lot of what we've been saying, which makes which makes the, the trigger for Dort so much easier. Um, yeah. Because... If you if you put Green or Suggs or Mobley on this team next year, even if you even if you had to maybe overpay to get them, you feel like you can look at the team and say cut it loose, right? And, yeah. And and you you also look at a second year coach who we all think is incredibly bright, and you say cut it loose. At the end of games, we want the best five on the floor. At the end of games, we want your best stuff. Like whatever you have, whatever you you dream about at night when it comes to out of timeouts, we yeah. want to see all of that, all the stuff that you left in your back pocket last year. Let's see it. Yeah. I think any of those four guys totally changes the equation of, of, of what we're talking about. Um, and actually, ultimately I, I think the Thunder get one of those four. Um, I just think that like in the first part of the episode, we talked about how the Thunder have more ammo than anybody and how there's more, there's a ton of opportunity to trade for two, three or four. So I just I kind of think it's just going to happen. Um, we I talked but, about it earlier in the year. Uh, the season was still going on, but um, like I think Presty would just look at us and say, "Guys, like I have I have too much. Like I'm gonna yeah. take I'm gonna get other than Cade. He'd probably say we can't get Cade. Sorry. Yeah. But I will pick the next best guy." Um, yep. I could totally see him saying that and, and him being t totally right because he does have an overwhelming amount of, of stuff to move up with. And, and the best thing that's happened is the Scotty Barnes hype. The Scotty Barnes hype is fantastic for the Thunder uh, because it makes moving up to three or four so much easier. Um, and there's a full month before the draft. And I think that the, the you know, these, these things like pick up steam, the more tweets, the more you know, social media out there. The more videos. The more Chad Fords and and John Hollinger's talking about it. I mean, those things are valuable. So all of a sudden, Barnes is perceived as this you know can't miss top four or five guy that helps so much when you're talking to the Cavs or the Raptors about a trade, and they know that they can get Barnes or Kaminga 
and then also a couple first round draft picks if you give up Suggs. I you mean, know, you know what we could use this time next week is a uh, is a cell phone video from the baseline of Kaminga hitting like 15 out of 16 from the corner. Yeah. Like we need a Kaminga. <laughs> like we need Kaminga to have that one workout that has everybody talking and. Yeah. And then we're back in we're totally back in business, right? Because now it's like yeah. not you thought there were four. You then you thought there were five. There are a full six. This yeah. is a or, six man buffet. Yeah. Or Sengun, right? Like if Sengun sure. becomes a guy that Toronto really wants to look at, or he would be I, I'd say he would be an awesome fit in Orlando just because I think he he's sort of he's smaller, but like kind of similar to a Vucevic. Uh, Orlando does have Wendell Carter there, so that you know maybe kind of complicates things. Uh, but I, I, I think Sengun could get in there and kind of make this sort of a top seven. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would rank it as that, but I think it's possible. Yeah, I think that uh, the Raptors by far the biggest need is center. They don't need yeah. Suggs, but they could use Suggs. Uh, sure. So if 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 they do fall in love with like a Sangoon and they know that they can pick him at six, but then also get a couple extra draft picks from us, maybe that makes sense. So it would be yeah. nice if if like he could pick up some steam. Uh, or Masai, like you said, is Masai making that pick? What's going on there? Yeah, that's it the one like, problem. Yes. Like that's the one problem. We're dealing with another savvy GM who you can't just you know swindle. Wouldn't so maybe it be that's great? Why the Wouldn't it be great if more he moved on? So yeah, what, he just. <laughs> He he, he, he okay. resign, yeah. Masai moves on. Brandon gets hired. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We're in yes. business now. Well, we'll just uh, do Campbell Walker for Pascal Siakam. Is that yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. That's where we're going to end it. Brandon as the GM of the Toronto Raptors. I'll take uh, it. All right, Spencer, Brandon, thank you guys so much. Absolutely, man. You guys awesome. have a good night. It was fun. We will be back next week with uh, with more of with more of the same and hopefully a great Kaminga video to talk about. Everybody, take <laughs> care. This is the Daily Thunder podcast. Hey, hoopheads! We appreciate you listening to this episode of Daily Thunder. Be sure to check out other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, Three Hundred Five Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops. X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. There are also coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, The CoachesMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget the network's flagship, The Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by Mike Cleansing and Jason Sunkel, and featuring the best minds in the game from its grassroots to the NBA.